This edition of The Standard is brought to you by the AXA Startup Angel Competition. I'm Sharma Dean Reed, founder and CEO of The Stack World, and I'm here to help you turn your business dream into reality. There are six chances to win the competition, including two top prizes of £25,000, mentoring from myself and leading UK founders, plus business insurance for a year, thanks to AXA. Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June, 2024. Good luck. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers, and this is The Leader. It's said that your home is your sanctuary, but it's not the case for everyone. I've lived in social housing for years. Our bathroom's in a right state, falling to bits, mould, just horrible. It's a nightmare for us. I've reported it to the landlord, but they haven't fixed it. But what can you do to make it right? Everyone deserves a home that's safe, secure and well-maintained. Anything less is unacceptable. Social housing tenants are being urged to complain about shoddy and dangerous housing in a major new ad campaign from the government. Housing Secretary Michael Gove says they're encouraging tenants to voice complaints first to landlords and then to the housing ombudsman if necessary in an attempt to shine a light on rogue landlords. But is it enough to tackle the issue? Suzanne Muna is Secretary of SHAC, the Social Housing Action Campaign. There's a big problem with people taking complaints to the housing ombudsman. First of all, they do have to go through the landlord complaint system. And quite often the issues that people come to us are not, if you like, the original problem. It's the fact that, you know, what's really causing the attrition and causing the problem is the fact that landlord complaint systems are, on the whole, completely dysfunctional. The next layer up is either to go to the first tier tribunal, property tribunal, or to go to the housing ombudsman. But as with all kind of government funded bodies and public services or services associated with public services, they are desperately underfunded and they don't have enough staff. So that's one of the problems. So it it can take about eight months. I think the waiting time to get um, a complaint investigated by the ombudsman And this is even after you've had to wait for the landlord to at least make or give them time to make some kind of response. You're looking about about an eight month wait just to get it investigated. And then, of course, you're waiting for the outcome of that investigation. So for anything that is urgent or an emergency. So if you've got, you know, water dripping through the light bulb in your child's ceiling um, or a big crack has appeared in the wall or something like that, or you've got some terrible, you know, rodent infest really waiting eight nine ten months to actually get even get the ombudsman to because you've had to go through this internal process with the landlord and then go to the ombudsman and go on their waiting list is really problematic and then the other side of that is even if the ombudsman investigates and this is no criticism of the ombudsman they're obviously working within the framework that they are given by government it's not their choice 
But even if they get it investigated by the ombudsman and um, a finding is made in favour of the tenant or resident, actually the sanctions that um, the ombudsman has at their disposal are very, very weak. And again, this is not blaming them. This is this is how it was set up. So I think they said, I think the ombudsman's last report um, or, or one of the reports produced by the ombudsman last year, I think had that their average fine for a housing association was um, around £260, something like that. And there isn't really any major sanction against um, a housing association that doesn't either follow an order made by the ombudsman or one made by the court. Um, and unless unless government does something to address that, to compel housing associations in a much more forceful way, then I think the rogue landlords are going to continue being rogue. And the ones who are not rogue, who are willing to, to be compliant, who are genuinely interested in the in the interests of their tenants and residents of operating in their interests, they will be the ones who are compliant and, and doing the repairs and making sure they get service charging right anyway. So really what is being announced by government or the encouragement the government is giving is really not going to really produce very much. Suzanne, tell us about London social housing specifically. What are the standards like and what are some of the biggest issues that tenants are facing currently? The biggest the biggest issues that people are uh, coming to us at the moment with are the dis- state of disrepairs. That's a really common problem. Housing associations aren't really investing in the stock. They aren't really investing in the homes that people have got already because the priority is really um, again, this is pushed ideologically by government. The priority is really to get new homes built. So there is a real focus on development and very little focus in, in some areas on or by certain landlords on actually providing a decent standard of housing. And we've seen these big exposés in the press of the really terrible conditions that people are living in. The other big campaign aspect for us is around service charges and the inaccuracy of service charges. And again, we're working with partners called Find Others on a platform that is really capturing this and providing some tools for tenants and residents to really try and get more information from their landlords about what their service charges are. But also, it's a really big problem because when they do get that information, many of them are finding huge inaccuracies in their service charging. And then the other thing that people come to us with, the other major issue I think that really needs to be mentioned, is discrimination against people with disabilities, disabled tenants and residents. We find that quite a high proportion, a disproportionate amount of the the complaints that we get are from people who seem to be suffering this kind of double whammy of being a social housing tenant and resident and also being disabled. And we feel that there is quite a lot of discrimination within the sector. We're really not there in terms of making sure that these landlords are compliant with the Equality Act. Let's go to the ads. Stay there to hear more from Shaq about AWAB's law and whether it goes far enough to protect residents. Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. 
QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. The push to tackle substandard housing comes after an outcry following the death of two-year-old Awab Ishak, who died in 2020 from a respiratory condition caused by mould in his home. This was a statement from his family read out by their lawyer after the inquest in November. We still cannot get our head around the fact that despite all the complaints we made to Rochdale Borough Wide Housing, in addition to the information Rochdale Borough Wide Housing received from an NHS member of staff expressing their concern for our due to mould at the property, they did absolutely nothing to rectify the severe mould in our property. The government has since put forward AWAB's law, which requires landlords to fix reported hazards in social housing, such as mould, in a timely fashion or rehouse tenants in safe accommodation. Suzanne, let's talk about AWAB's law now. Do you think it goes far enough to protect tenants? Well, I mean, anything that strengthens tenants' rights, you would you would have to say is a good thing. However, going back to what I was saying earlier, it's it's addressing the wrong part of the problem. This this is not the part of the system that is broken. So what they're doing is just putting new legislation in, which really just repeats legislation that is already there. The kind of conditions that we are seeing and that, that have been again exposed in many many different press reports, they are not fit even to to keep animals in. So if you were reported, you could be reported if you kept animals in some of the conditions that we have seen, and let alone human beings. There is already a fit uh, homes fit for the human habitation act so landlords are required to make sure that the the property is free of the kind of hazards that we see with mold damp disrepairs so actually it's introducing legislation you know that's not where the problem lies the problem lies not with the lack of legislation the problem lies with the lack of any accountability or, or hardly any accountability by housing association landlords what would you like to see the government do to improve social housing? From Shack, I think what we would want to see is a move away from housing associations to supply public housing. We think that should be provided by councils. It should be kept very, very localised. There should be democratic accountability to the tenants and residents who actually live in those homes. We're not suggesting that council housing is perfect. It does need to be properly funded. But we've just seen a report which suggests, for example, that it costs £114 million a year to the NHS for um, to be treating the illnesses and the injuries and the diseases that people are getting from poor housing. So if we were able to eliminate the poor housing, we would be saving the, the NHS, we'd be freeing up capacity. We'd also be saving the NHS and the taxpayer £114 million a year. So we would like to see a much greater concentration on providing public housing at a local level where it is locally controlled. And that makes democratic accountability much, much easier. The restoration of neighbourhood officers, the restoration of neighbourhood managers who know the estates and know the people on the estates, and a neighbourhood office where people can go if there is a problem and, and the office can respond much more quickly than these very remote purely kind of digitalised interfaces, you know, go onto a a website to report a problem or call a helpline to report a problem. So we think that there are much better ways of providing um, public housing, but we haven't seen anything from the government that really suggests that that's what they're interested in. And that's it from The Leader. This podcast is back tomorrow at 4pm. 
Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum.